welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely Podcast is brought to you by Norfolk, Virginia Public Libraries and is hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor with 15 years in the mental health field and very passionate about providing you with realistic strategies. With new episodes coming out weekly. Join in as I tackle relevant topics for personal growth, one podcast episode at a time. Be well and live well. Hello, welcome back to Living Freely. Always, always glad that you have tuned in and especially today because we're covering probably one of my all-time favorite topics, self-love. Now, I know that we are coming off of a holiday that historically celebrates love and I'm talking about none other than Valentine's Day. And so maybe this year you were not satisfied with your Valentine in terms of the person who you're in a romantic relationship with. Maybe you didn't have a Valentine or whatever the case could be. But at the end of the day, we really, at the risk of sounding completely corny, have to be our own Valentine every day and practice this almighty self-love. Now, I believe that self-love is really one of those kind of hot topic words that we're hearing more of, but it can still be very ambiguous. It's kind of how I described boundaries in season one of Living Freely podcast. So if you want to have all the myths and tips around boundaries, I highly recommend going going back and taking a listen to the boundaries episode. But today, self-love is the name of the game. I'm going to go over a couple different ways to tell that maybe self-love is lacking. We are going to define exactly what self-love is. And then, of course, I am going to load you up with strategies to consider and start to practice in your self-love journey. So the other fun kind of fact I want to point out really quickly. I want to do a quick roll call in terms of where our podcast is at because I thought that this was fascinating. So in terms of all of the listeners tuning in, we're now up to 23 different states in the United States and 11 different regions all over the world. So we've added Singapore, Jamaica, Bahrain, and Germany. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because it just goes to show that wellness transcends every single person. And I think that mental health is, it is not discriminatory. It is a part of everybody's daily existence and daily life. And so I'm just really excited wherever you are in the world or the United States or here locally in the Hampton Roads area. I am so appreciative and glad that you have decided to tune in. So let's jump right into our topic today because that's why you're listening and I'm excited to share all this information with you. It was quite the feat to try to reduce how much information I was going to provide because like I said, self-love is probably what I consider the foundation for all of our interactions, even how we view ourselves, 
all of that good stuff. And so let's let me go ahead and just I'm going to ask you a couple questions because I want you to do a quick self-assessment, so almost a pulse check, if you will, on where you are falling in the quest to practice and live self-love. So these are taken actually from HuffPost.com, 12 signs that you lack self-love. So the first one is in considering where you are in your current life and your relationships, do you ever feel that you get stuck in unhealthy or unhappy relationships? So this could be relationships where you don't feel completely respected, uh, your ability to be authentic or honest with the other person feels stunted, and then maybe you start to question yourself or you feel high levels of self-doubt. So these can all be reminiscent of being stuck in, or not even stuck, but just in an unhealthy or unhappy relationship. So especially with Valentine's Day just passing us by, where did you feel that you were, whether you're in a current partnership or you are a single person, but still are struggling with those feelings of self-doubt, just even being within yourself. Okay, so the next assessment question is, do you ever feel that you don't have a lot of time for fun or you feel guilty when you're not working or not doing something productive. This is a sneaky one because we do live in a culture that promotes busy, busy, busy and be successful and celebrate successes. And so sometimes it can create this pattern of really struggling to have fun or even feeling guilty when you're not doing something productive or for my folks who identify as a helper, a nurturer, or a people pleaser, this guilt can come up and tell you that you're being selfish because you want to go have fun and just take a break. So that's the second question. The third is, do you feel in your life that you are playing small so that you're staying in a job that is not fulfilling, you're not living up to your full potential, and you're kind of shrouded in self-doubt? So this is where it's indicative that maybe the ability to practice self-empowerment and those thoughts that are going through your head could potentially not be promoting self-love, that you are capable and willing to move on in your career or even move on in a relationship that feels like it's holding you back. The next question I want you to consider is, do you engage in comparison, that old comparison trap, and as a result, start to judge yourself or get critical of yourself that you are behind other people, you're not where you should be based upon comparing yourself to other people? Comparison is always going to be the thief of joy. That is, I'm firm in that statement, and we are going to talk more about it pretty much for any of these. We're going to target them and start to talk about how to turn them around if you are already recognizing, okay, I'm, I'm starting to kind of click off on a couple of these. Okay, so the next assessment question I want you to think about and consider is, are you kind when you think about your body or your physical appearance? 
Or do you kind of obsess about what you're putting in your body or even how your physical presence looks? The next one is, do you settle in your work and or your relationships? So think about even your friendships. Is it reciprocal? Do you get back what you put in into the relationship, especially for your romantic relationship. Do you feel supported emotionally and physically by your partner? Or is there that nagging little feeling in your the pit of your stomach or the back of your mind that's saying you're settling? Okay, so if this is the case, we are definitely going to target this this piece of the self-love process. It's so important. Okay, so the next number seven is do you feel anxious most of the time? Do you let fear drive your choices, your decisions, or even kind of engage in what I call the thought rumination process, uh, where maybe there's almost an obsession about what's going on in your brain. I want to point out, so in letting fear drive your choices, fear will almost always hold a person back. And I think about the person who knows they need to set healthy boundaries. They know okay, I'm taking on too much. I need to learn how to say no to people, places, and things that aren't serving me well. But then that fear pops up, the fear of making somebody else angry, the fear of letting someone else down, the fear of disappointing someone. And as a result, you're kind of putting your own needs to the wayside and allowing that fear of disappointing someone to prevent you from taking action. So this one is a slippery slope. We're going to get into it further, but I understand that definitely fear can be a powerful source, a powerful emotion that can hold a person back. Okay. So number eight, do you ever make choices that you regret later or you feel that maybe you put yourself in situations where you're giving too much or your boundaries are not being honored. This is a huge, huge piece of practicing self-love. So consider in your life everything that you're involved in. Do you ever have those experiences where you walk away from an interaction and you think, man, why did I do that again? Or after a negative situation or you or there has been a situation where you felt that you gave too much you walk away and say okay i'm never going to do that again and then maybe a month later something happens and you're right back there feeling like you're giving too much if this is the case we've got to up the self love and start to feel empowered to really set those healthy boundaries again i'm just going to throw it out there if boundaries are not your your strong suit go back and listen to the boundaries boundaries episode because it is super comprehensive on how to set healthy boundaries, defining what they are, and then how to even know that you need to set healthy boundaries. Okay, so the ninth assessment question I want you to think about are is, are you unsure of who you are, what you want, or just kind of feel like you're flowing through your life or following a path that someone else has laid out for you. This is major. I feel like I keep saying that about a lot of these, but it's so true. Now, 
This is an interesting phenomenon that occurs when folks have rooted their sense of identity into what they are doing. So in terms of occupation, on even being a parent. And so that's where we hear the empty nest you know, syndrome pop up because when somebody completely places their sense of identity into one aspect of their life, when that aspect goes away, it can really cause a lot of questioning on, well, who am I? I've been so disconnected with myself. How do I even find that person? So this to me is also a crux of starting to practice that self-love If you're in that situation right now, maybe your kids just moved out of the house. Maybe you have just gone through a divorce and your sense of identity has been so strongly rooted in being a partner to your ex-spouse. We have got to go back to that foundational level, which I'm going to give you some tools to do so. And start to really question and engage in the reflective process on understanding all right, what do I even enjoy in life at this time? What are things I've always wanted to do that I can go and lean back on and become involved in? This is a bit of a side note, uh, but this is such an example. So I recently watched a documentary on Tiger Woods, and it was all about he suffered some really intense injuries in his career. It prevented him from playing golf. And he kind of that's when he kind of spiraled if any of you remember um he he had a couple difficult moments in his life but his identity had been so rooted in being a professional golfer that once that was taken away from him he did not know exactly what to do with himself and i think that it was just so vulnerable for this this you know documentary to be made and he he was able to show that to folks because it happens all the time in so many different situations. So that's on HBO if you want to go watch it, just on a side note. Um, Okay, so number 10, the next assessment question I want you to ask yourself is, at the root of it, when you're being very honest with your thoughts, with how you view yourself, is there a piece of you that feels unlovable, unloved, unworthy, or even like you're a fraud or you're inferior to other people. This can definitely be indicative that there is some low self-esteem going on. There is some low self-worth. And once we have those thoughts that, okay, who is going to love me? Why would I get the promotion at work? It is, it, it, it's a great stepping off point to start to recognize when these thoughts may be coming up and then work to reframe them and correct them and practice that positive self-talk. Okay, so the 11th question, this is a big one, especially if you identify as a nurturer or a helper or a people pleaser or even type A or perfectionistic. Do you put pressure on yourself to do more, to be more, or to have more instead of allowing yourself to celebrate what you have already accomplished? So when folks get into the pattern of being a high achiever, 
that is when sometimes the accomplishments can just be glazed completely over and it's on to the next. Okay, well, what am I going to do now? What's the next step? And so I want for you, instead of feeling like you have to do more or be more, we have got to make our own list of what our accomplishments have been thus far. In fact, if you felt like this was something you want to do, this is even a great time now to pause the podcast and start to journal out a list. What have you accomplished in your life? And this is going to look differently for everyone, but I don't care how big or how small it could be, but really start to see it in print and writing. What have I, what is worth celebrating in my life? And this could be buying a home. This could be ending an unhealthy relationship, having kids. I mean, whatever. But so many times we feel like it's not even eligible to be celebrated, that this is what I should be doing, and so I'm just going to keep it moving. So journal it out, or at the very least, just reflect upon what you have already accomplished in life. Okay, so I thought that this was just a great, great way to self-assess and check in with you and see where you're at with self-love. Now, as in any self-growth process, self-love, it's not a perfect progression. It's not something where one day you may wake up and say, ah, I love myself. It's an ongoing process. And the reason I say that is because unexpected events can happen in life that can throw throw a person into that state of negative thinking about themselves if we're not careful. But if there is that foundation of self-love intact, you feel like you have a pretty good grip on setting healthy boundaries and appreciating who you are, it is so much easier to stay on the path of practicing and living self-love. So I just want to share that. Now, the next piece of this episode is let's define it. Let's talk all about what is self-love. So I actually found this is taken from brainandbehaviorfoundation.org, self-love and what it means. So when we think about self-love, out of all of my research that I did for this episode, this was to me the best definition that was clear. So I'm going to read it directly from Brain and Behavior. Self-love is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Self-love means that you have a high regard for your own well-being and happiness. Self-love also means taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others. At the root of it, self-love means that you are not going to settle for less than what you deserve in your life. This can be in relationships. This can be in the workplace. Wherever you feel that you're settling and you're making concessions for somebody's negative behavior towards you, oh, they've just had a long day. That's why they're screaming at me. No. Self-love means that you are not going to settle for less than what your amazing self deserves. I'm so passionate about this topic. The reason being because I see it come up way too often where people settle 
for less than what they deserve. And as a result, it starts to wear on a person's self-confidence, that ability to say no, the ability to take risks and set those goals. So it goes into so much. So self-love can mean something different for each person. And this is yet another reason why I love it because it's subjective and there doesn't have to be some clear-cut path to achieving self-love. Just like in setting healthy boundaries, we've got to establish what are we willing to tolerate and not tolerate. And so that's going to look differently for everyone. So whereas maybe I don't want to tolerate one kind of behavior, you may be okay with it. Um, and it's it's fine as long as at the end of the day, you feel safe, secure, happy, and healthy. And so I have to point that out. Define what, does self, what would self-love look like to you? Even in going through those 11 signs that maybe there are some areas that are lacking some self-love in your life, did you have anything that stood out to you? So in terms of comparison, could part of your self-love journey be, I will not engage in the comparison trap where I am comparing myself to other people as a basis of how successful I should be. It doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to stop accepting less than what I deserve in relationships, friendship, or romantic because I am sick of not, not having reciprocal relationships where other people are giving me what I'm giving them. So a couple starting off points that I want to go through in terms of what self-love could also mean to you. It could be starting to talk to and about yourself from a place of love, from a place of self-compassionate love where you recognize I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to do the best that I can. Self-love can mean prioritizing yourself. So really setting aside time when you start to feel emotionally depleted, that's when you take your mental health day, you let someone know, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. I've really got to just take a break where maybe you give yourself a break from self-judgment in that critical thinking that can come up where it's sometimes the brain just produces those thoughts that are so critical and unkind where it's, okay, you should have done more. Or did I do enough? No, you didn't do enough. Whatever it could be. Or, oh, you're so silly. You are so stupid. The brain can really create some judgmental statements of self. And so I'm going to go back to one statement that I always say is that if you wouldn't say something to a friend, why are you saying it to yourself? Don't say it to yourself if you wouldn't say it to someone else. And I just point this out because oftentimes we are so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people. So Maybe self-love for you looks like giving yourself a break from those critical or self-judgment statements. This one is major. Maybe part of practicing self-love is trusting yourself. Probably the best example I can give in terms of how trust with self gets broken is when someone gets out of an abusive relationship or they are in an abusive relationship currently. This could be emotionally or physically. A lot of times there is some manipulation that occurs. There can be that gaslighting that we talked about in the episode prior to this one. So definitely go back and take a listen if you want to learn more. But 
when we get away from our true self and starting to trust in our gut instinct, trust in our ability to be discerning and recognize when someone else is being unkind and rude, it can really start to cause that sense of questioning and self-doubt. And you almost can start to not even trust your own thoughts and opinions. So that's a huge piece of this. Now, another potential way that you could even create your own definition of self-love is to start to be true to yourself. So live your authentic life. If you're not happy in an area of your life, really honing in and engaging in change agent tools to change that part of your life so that it's more authentic to who you are. It could also look like being nicer to yourself. This is on a physical or emotional level. So really watching those thoughts that you're having in your head about yourself on a daily basis is key. Okay, setting healthy boundaries. I've already used that as a primary example, and I probably will throughout this episode because truly boundaries and self-love are kind of those two concepts that go hand in hand. Boundaries at the end of the day do teach other people how you want to be treated. Setting healthy boundaries allows you to feel safe, content, and secure on an emotional and physical level in your life. But so does practicing self-love because when you love yourself, you are not going to be willing to tolerate negative behavior or behaviors from others that is less than what you feel you deserve. Self-love can also look like forgiving yourself when you aren't being nice to you. And so with this piece, it does take a level of recognition on what goes through my head on a daily basis. Do I feel like I don't do enough? Do I feel like I should be more, do more? Or do you recognize that sometimes those mean, uh, cruel thoughts that you're having about yourself that are that they're going through your head. So it's starting to forgive yourself. Maybe you know that you have made some really big mistakes in your life, but instead of forgiving yourself, you almost use it and hold it over your own head. So starting this process of practicing self-love is all about recognizing what what do we need to forgive ourselves for and how do we consciously start to let go of mistakes that we have made previously. The final piece of practicing self-love is to recognize how are we practicing self-care. So I actually, in my women's wellness book that I authored uh, about two years ago, I talked all about how self-love and practicing the self-care lifestyle are essential. So practicing the self-care lifestyle, if you're interested in that, I keep throwing out the podcast, but we've really covered some great topics. Practicing self-care lifestyle is a previous episode on living freely in the first season. Go back and take a listen if you're interested in learning how to practice the self-care lifestyle. But in a nutshell, this means that we are going back to the basics in our quest to love ourselves. We are listening to our bodies. You are taking breaks from work to move and stretch and drink water. You're able to put the phone down and connect to yourself or others by engaging in a creative outlet or even calling up a great friend. 
It also means that you're eating healthy, but also allowing yourself to enjoy your relationship with food. And so eating foods that that you are craving, chocolate, you know, anyone, because that's my go-to, or pizza or whatever the case could be, but you're also embracing the three pillars of wellness at the basic level by monitoring how much sleep you get, physically moving your body every now and again, and then also watching what you're actually putting in your body and consuming. Because if you're listening in, we all know that body image can be tied so deeply into self-love. And I want you to get to a place where you love your body, you honor it, because that's part of practicing self-love too. So in our next and final section, I know I've already peppered in a couple techniques and strategies on how to practice self-love, but we're going to hit it even more deeply. I hope that it's already been helpful to go back and consider, do I lack self-love? Am I in a good place? If you heard those 11 signs of shaky self-love and you thought, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. Be proud of yourself. That's something to put on your list of wins. That's that's a huge celebratory kind of mental thinking is to kind of feel that you're in a place where you are loving who you are, you know who you are, and you have a good foundation for such. Also, the final kind of piece I want to go over before we move into this next section is really quickly just to run through that self-love is at the end of the day a state of appreciation for oneself it is not selfish it is not unhealthy i think that self-love can get a bad reputation for being egotistical or i feel like i'm being arrogant if i say that i love myself that is just so false now there is there is a difference between narcissism and self-love, but for the narcissist, they're using their own love of self to get what they need from other people. But when you love yourself, it's coming from a place of what you're doing in your life is honoring you. It's not harming anyone. It's not harming yourself. You feel empowered on a daily basis. Huge difference. So uh, being able to appreciate yourself and what you have accomplished is healthy. All right, so let's move on into some techniques that you can practice to start achieving self-love. So believe it or not, I'm actually pulling these strategies from my women's wellness book, Live, Learn, Love, Real Talk Tips for the Woman Who is Ready to Be Her Best Self. It is on Amazon, but I spent the entire third section of the book defining what self-love is and as I've already mentioned, it is one of my favorite concepts to help everyone achieve because it's so important. So all love essentially starts with N. And Rupi Carr made the statement, how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. Think about it. Maybe this applies to you. Maybe it's based upon someone who you've known. But when someone has low self-esteem, they are so much less likely to stand up for themselves, to advocate for appropriate and healthy treatment from others. It's almost like the assessment questions asked, you kind of just go along with the flow of life versus being able to advocate and meet your own needs. So remembering all love truly starts with yourself. 
So when I talk about this self-love, it's all about when you truly and re- when you truly love and recognize the value that you bring to the world, your tolerance for allowing others to take advantage of or infringe upon your boundaries will decrease exponentially. So I like to start to kick this process off with first starting the relationship with self-love with anything that pertains to you. And so is that where maybe you need to practice more self-compassionate thinking, recognize that you're not perfect, that you're going to make mistakes and forgive yourself for those mistakes. It is so key to understand what is my tolerance level for other people, for other treatment that I receive, and then check in with yourself. What messages go through your head on a daily basis? Are you telling yourself untrue and unkind thoughts about yourself? name calling yourself or when you make a mistake, just mentally beating yourself up. Take a moment and ask yourself, where are these thoughts coming from? What is bringing them on? And then I'm going to go back to that same question I encouraged you to ask. Would I say the same thing I'm telling myself to someone else who was in pain or hurting or felt that they had made a mistake? The answer is probably going to be no, you wouldn't. And so just remember if I wouldn't say it to someone else, I'm not going to say it to myself. Now, I go. I want to go back and talk about when and if you feel an uncertain sense of foundation on knowing who you are and what you want out of life, maybe your identity has shifted recently. And maybe you feel like you're starting from ground zero on getting to know who you are and what you want out of life. The first step for starting to reconnect with you is that we have to absolutely have to create time in your world to explore what brings you a sense of happiness. So life, work, family, home obligations, all of it can sometimes cause you to put your own needs on the back burner And before you know it, you're kind of just going with the flow of life. Maybe you get done on the weekends. You're so exhausted from working and taking care of everyone else. All you have the energy to do is just binge watch TV. Now, I'm all for a good day of, of, you know, watching your favorite show, but we got to take it a step deeper. What's When's the last time that you engaged in something new or something that allowed you to feel like you could creatively express yourself? I mean, from from making jewelry to cooking a great new recipe to attending a new workout class, anything that took you outside of anybody else and was just keen to who you are and what you want to explore that could potentially bring about some happiness and contentedness in your life. So with the hustle bustle that life can bring, It is also one of those kind of pieces that can get us away from practicing self-love. And part of that self-love, as I've already said, is creating time to really engage with and explore what brings you that sense of happiness. So I want to ask you, it's what I call a take action assignment question. So this is where I encourage you to reflect. What in your life brings forth a feeling of happiness? If it's been a sometime, a period of time since you felt truly happy, let's go ahead and start to reflect upon 
what in your life did you either used to do that brought you a sense of happiness? What are you currently doing that brought you happy? Or even some things that you would like to do if you had the time or the energy. This is also something that I I ask even, you know, people who I work with is to try to even create a goal in terms of who were you when you were the most happy in your life? Because if we can define that out, then we can we have a, a baseline for getting back to that place. So I'm going to ask you that same question right now is to really reflect upon a time in your life where you really did feel the happiest that you ever have. And go even deeper. What were you doing that made you so happy? Now, we may have to modify some of those things. Um, I can think about just putting myself out there. I used to really engage in a lot of running. And I know physically where I'm at now, I am not, I'm not going to go back to running 30 plus miles a week. Um, Physically, I just can't handle it. But it gives you a baseline for getting back to, okay, maybe I need to move my body more. That was what I used to do when I was happiest. Or maybe you engaged in a book club or a creative outlet where you made jewelry or painted or something of that nature. Let's go ahead and figure out what did you used to do that made you feel secure and content in your world and brought about that sense of independence and knowledge of self, confidence in self. So of course, I've touched on this, but I'm going to bring it up just one more time. So starting that process of self-love and really practicing it and living it on a daily basis, we have to go back to that self-talk. What is going on through your head on a daily basis? I am, I know this is somewhat of a reiteration, but I find it to be just so vital and important because if we get into a pattern of always viewing ourselves negatively or talking about ourselves negatively, it almost becomes the norm. And so before you realize it, you may not even know or recognize that you're being unkind to yourself. So we have to check in on that internal chatter that you may be having with yourself. So we know that self-talk can be either positive, you know, for example, oh, wow, you are looking great today. You handled that stressful situation very well, or it can be very negative. You know, I think about the example of, oh, I am just so stupid. I'm an idiot or anything that would be unkind about you. So what kinds of self-talk are you having with yourself on a daily basis? If it falls into the negative category, my first takeaway for you to really implement and practice is to, at the basis of it, increase your sense of self-awareness on that internal dialogue that you're experiencing. That's it. First, we got to recognize. Recognition is the first step. So pay attention to the thoughts that you're having towards yourself and take note of what you're saying to you. So those thoughts, the statements that you're having about you, and how often are you saying the negative statements to your wonderful self? I also, a bonus kind of strategy would be to, lastly, number one question, where are these negative thoughts coming from? Is this this tracing all the way back to family of origin? Is that where you receive some negative messages while growing up that don't promote a sense of self-love? And consider in your life, 
when do these negative thoughts pop up for you? Is it always after interacting with a certain person, place, or thing? If that's the case, then this is indicative that we need to set some boundaries around potential interactions with that person. So just something that I want to throw out there. So as you continue on in your journey to practice self-love, I did want to share just this, what I find to be a beautiful quote. It is women-centric, so if there are some gentlemen listening, this also applies to you, but it's just uh, stated from from a woman um, about women. And it's from Diane von Furstenberg, who, as we know, she is a top designer. She says, when a woman becomes her own best friend, life becomes easier. And then, like I said, applicable to men or women, but truly when you become your own best friend, life does become easier. This is where I've already alluded to the fact that you become less tolerant of people, places, and things that bring you down, that cause you to feel you are accepting less than what you deserve. So I wanted to take another kind of definitional talk on what practicing self-compassion is because self-compassion and self-love go hand in hand. When we look at what compassion means, the literal definition is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So if you're listening to this, I have no doubt that you can recognize your own sense of compassion for other people. But what about that sense of compassion for self? So I want you to take particular, you know, attention and note the second piece of this definition. It's to alleviate the suffering because this is ultimately what I hope anyone can learn to do for themselves, especially if lately you have felt lonely, you have felt like your support group is lacking. It is so important to get back to the core of who are you, what brings you a sense of joy, peace, and happiness in your life. Because when the support network diminishes, this is where even even outside of that, even if you have a great support network, I always, always want you to be able to alleviate your own suffering, so to speak, or to be able to lean in on your own internal resources of being resilient and confident and set those healthy boundaries and make those healthy choices for you. It's so vital. So as we continue to go through, I just had to share about the compassion piece because it is such, such a powerful way to practice that kind self-talk and to recognize that it's okay to make mistakes and it doesn't mean that you are a lesser version of yourselves. All right. The final strategy that I really want to hone in on is the power of reframing thoughts. And I know I'm being very thought-centric right now, but I do think it all starts in our head. The thoughts that we have about ourselves, they can trick us into thinking that we are that unlovable person or we are not worthy. And that is not the case. So reframing thoughts is similar in that what what our minds tell us may not be what the end product turns out to be. And guess what? That's okay. So I think about if you have gone through a marriage or ended a friendship or especially, I'm going to just stick with the example of 
you've decided to separate or get a divorce from your partner. So a lot of times that end product, we think that we would be with that person forever. And so when it doesn't happen, oh, those thoughts can turn on us and become really nasty and unkind, tell you that you're a failure, that you should have stayed with that person. So reframing thoughts is really recognizing a more self-compassionate, kinder view of or statements that we can make to ourselves. So if you have started to engage in a foundation of self-critical thoughts in your life, it is time to implement some reframing, some reframing thoughts and strategies because if not, that's where those self the self-criticism can really shake self-confidence. So reframing thoughts occurs when we are accepting of a mistake that we made or we are okay with a part of ourselves that we might not be happy with. Yet instead of necessarily beating yourself up for that piece of who you are that you're not totally pleased with, we start to check in and say, and what can I learn from this situation? So maybe you identify as very impatient. Maybe you just know that know that about yourself. You don't like to waste time. You can get a little bit irritable when you feel that your time is being wasted. So it's accepting, okay, this is a piece of me I have to learn to work on, recognize when it's happening. I don't want to be unkind to anyone else, or I don't want to beat myself up for feeling like I wasted my own time in really saying, what can I learn from this? Constantly replace the negative self-talk, even with that reframing strategy of what, what do I learn from this situation? Because I guarantee there is almost always, always something that you can learn from. At the end of the day, it is so vital to love yourself even if or when you may feel that no one else does. So much of practicing the self-love lifestyle is understanding that you are lovable. You are so worthy just by being who you are in this moment outside of what you're doing for other people or who you feel that you have to be. I want you to internalize that concept and live it because Truly, when you do start to engage in the process of watching the self-talk, becoming more self-compassionate to yourself, practicing that good self-care, making room for healthy habits in your life, it can be a life-changing strategy. At the risk of sounding dramatic, I do have to point it out because I've seen it. I've seen the change that happens in a person when the light bulb clicks on and they say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make time for myself. I am going to become more mindful of those thoughts that are coming through my head. And then there's actually changes that are made in terms of creating more space for advocating for themselves, setting those healthy boundaries. It really is a beautiful process. And it's when we start to become really healthy in and of ourselves you start to attract people who are kind of on that same psychological level of healthiness. Think about all the people who are in your life currently. Do you feel that any that everyone, you can pretty much open up to each person the same way? Do you feel like most people are striving for a sense of personal growth? If you are in the place of wanting to grow and be the best version of yourself, but you find that the people in your life are not in that place, 
do not ever be surprised if you get some criticism on the new healthy habits that you are making. Right now, I'm participating in the uh, Clinique Makeup collab beauty experience where I'm speaking with other women on the definition of beauty, redefining what beauty looks like. And one of the examples that I brought up, which goes right into self-love, and this is what I'm going to wrap up with for today, is that truly sometimes when you try to implement these strategies to engage in a higher level of self-love, it may be met with criticism. So maybe part of your self-love experience is taking care of yourself physically in a different way or starting to work out or starting to eat healthy. If there are people in your life who are struggling with their own sense of insecurity or they just don't want to see you succeed, sometimes those statements of, oh, well, you just think that you're better than us or look at you trying to just be, you know, it could be just a diminishing statement of you. And so I want you to learn to push through what any naysayer may have to say about you trying to implement a healthy self-love lifestyle. Because truly, when did self-love and practicing taking care of yourself and being kind to your mind, as I always say, when, when did that become a negative thing? So go out there, practice that sense of self-love, recognize that all self-love starts within, assess in your life where you are the most happy, and then areas that maybe you are not very satisfied with because that can be a great jumping off point to start to set those healthy boundaries and recognize if you are giving more than what you should be or if you have those non-reciprocal relationships occurring in your life. So wherever and whoever you celebrated your Valentine's Day with, I hope that it was special. I hope that it was fun or lighthearted. I hope that if you were by yourself, you were able to just treat yourself kindly. And if you weren't, use this episode to sit down and really reflect on where in your life could you be kinder to you. And then the next step is to live it. So as always, I hope you're being well. And more importantly, I hope you're living well. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Living Freely Podcast, where we are bringing you all of the down-to-earth and realistic information on achieving optimal mental health. Like what you've heard, consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can be enjoyed by other listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you next week.